Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes completely eradicating not just reducing completely eradicating i believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for mondays not fridays and get to do their most meaningful work the aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content but instead shift the context under which you operate this podcast is titled choosing leadership because that is what leadership is a choice In each episode I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices which are not always easy and comfortable but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action as those were the moments when you chose leadership at the end i will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast and with that let's get started yunus is the innovation head at honda and a founder of edutrial an edtech startup in the interview yunus shares pivotal moments that shaped his journey from automotive engineering to a leadership role at honda he envisions democratizing technology to bridge societal divides emphasizing the importance of being comfortable with the discomfort his insights on embracing the unknown surrounding oneself with a great team and continuous learning offer valuable leadership lessons as we delve into this conversation he candidly explores the dark side of being comfortable with the unknown highlighting the internal struggles and the tools he employs for his own personal growth Hi Yunus, welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hello Sumit, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. Why don't you start by sharing a little bit about who you are and what is it that keeps you busy? Okay, so my name is Yunus. I currently live in the UK. I was born and brought up in Mumbai where I spent uh, most of my uh, early days in youth. Currently, I head the Emerging Technology Lab at Honda R&D in UK, which is basically part of Honda R&D Europe. and my role is basically to lead several bright minds specialists in the fields of artificial intelligence computer cloud computing data privacy full stack development and even working alongside other domains such as power electronics behavioral science etc but the intention is my role is mainly focused on 2030 and beyond what yeah. would the world look like in 2030 and beyond and what does a company like honda needs to do what technologies do we need to work on what solutions do we need to call in order to be able to one be relevant in that time and make lives of uh, people better during whatever that future scenario would be that is one of my role along with that i am also founder of a edtech startup which is called edutrial the intention is to bridge the gap between the working world and the education world 
most universities where they are preparing students when they graduate as such, they are not fully prepared for the final, for the actual workforce. And the intention is how we can bridge that gap. And there's several uh, kind of products and hmm. services which we are working as part of Edu Travel to basically bridge that gap. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And before before I go to the future, can you share a bit more of your backstory, right? So from Mumbai to, to UK and now to, to a leadership role, what were some of those one or two pivotal moments in your life that shaped you as a person, that shaped you as a leader? So I think one thing was I was very driven. I, I love cars and I love technology. My father had a, a workshop. So I, I've grown up with technology as such. He had like lathe machines and drill machines and stuff hmm. like that. He had his own business. He had created a few of the technologies, which he now has gone into a successful business. So I always wanted to study automotive engineering. Studied automotive engineering in Mumbai. There was actually only one college which was giving that course. So I studied automotive engineering. Then came to the UK to do a master's from Coventry University. Again, a very esteemed university as far as automotive is concerned. Then I graduated the day where the Lehman shock was, the aftershocks were felt. And the day I graduated, I remember the, the closest, from Coventry, the closest company, automotive company is Jaguar Land Group. And they let go of 2,000 people that day. So I was like, very dark time for me. I worked as a research assistant at the university. And then eventually I found a job at Honda. Um, Honda is a very unique company. I was hired in the design quality department, but then around a year later, it was a very big project, which we had to do, the company had to do. And I just happened to put my hand up saying, what can I be part of this project? And although I had, I was a fresh graduate, one year experience, and it was like a semi-leadership role, technical leadership role. And they said, you know what, you put your hand up, so we're going to let you do it and see how it goes. And, and that's basically when I started the I was a project, the uh, electrical project leader for civic tour development. Mm. And that was a really a roller coaster of a ride. I had a lot of support. The, the, the chief engineers from Japan, my, my management, etc. they all supported me. And that's how I basically evolved into a technical leadership role. After that, again, there was a vacancy, not a vacancy. Again, there was an opportunity to do people management, people leadership. Again, I put my hand up and Honda said, there you go. We'll give it a go. Then I had ended into people management and I've evolved into this role where my current role has got nothing to do with what I study. Hmm. So uh, education as a half-life, hence my startup as well, as you can understand. Education as a half-life and it's five years. Whatever we study today in five years time will be maybe worth half as much as such. And that kind of deteriorates that way. So yeah, I've, I've just evolved into this role. And currently, as, as I said, I, I am looking at a completely different area of what I studied to become eventually, mm. uh, originally. Yeah, yeah. So what I am sensing or listening from that is like that passion for technology or for cars, like from a very early age. And then the second is grabbing opportunity, like not waiting for things to happen and grabbing opportunity while you're still in that, like still in that domain, which excites you, which you're passionate about. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah? definitely. I think... Yeah. You need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that is very important. If you stay in your comfort zone, you may have a comfortable life. But again, it's again it depends on what drives me. What drives me is trying to be uncomfortable. My job is pretty great. I love my job at Honda. As I said, I work with some of the brightest minds in their respective fields. There was no need for me to start my own company. But again, it's like 
there was something which I needed to do with it. And that's where I dedicated my uh, evenings and weekends. But yeah, that, that passion is there. The drive is definitely there. Yeah. So tell me a bit more about your vision for the future, right? What is it that you're trying to create, like either part of your role at Honda or right outside of it that is going to shape the next, let's say the decade or the next five years of your life? You see, the thing is, from my side, the, what this generation, what your and my generation has seen in terms of rate of change of technology is the highest that any previous generation has. Psychologically, our brains are not capable keep up with this change of pace. Again, even with my role, I struggle when I'm trying to understand about artificial intelligence, when I'm trying to understand how chat GPT or OpenAI activities without very recently what Google released the Gemini. Even I struggle, although I'm into this field. And I think that is creating a divide amongst the people who understand technology to understand who are able to embrace technology and, and use the technology to better their lives. The people who are not able to understand embrace technology to better their lives. And, and this divide is increasing. And this divide, I, I suspect, will increase in the future as well. In order to take the entire society ahead, in order to make sure that whatever solutions which we create are democratized, it's available to, the, to, to everyone who willing, everyone who has the capacity or who requires it, I think it's very important that the access to these kind of tools, these kind of technology, these kind of solutions, which make lives better, is available to a wide spectrum. Mm. And I think that is something which, again, in my role as Honda, is part of Honda philosophy, and my role as the founder of my startup as well. That's basically what I'm trying to strive towards, democratizing opportunities. Of course, the result you cannot democratize, but opportunities needs to be equal for everyone irrespective of where they come from. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a huge uh, like a vision or a dream. And uh, so what do you see? And, and you talked about earlier being uh, comfortable like with the uncomfortable. And, and leadership is like an ever-growing, ever-evolving journey. So with this big dream, you will continuously have to put yourself in places where which are not comfortable to you, right? So what do you see as the biggest uh, challenges that lie ahead for you as you work towards fulfilling this dream, which is, as I said, it's huge. It can take the rest of your life. This is so huge. Yeah, I think the challenges which I can see is one is keeping myself up to date with the advances in technologies Mm -hmm. and the advances in, in available tools and solutions in order to solve the problems which are existing right now or which will exist in the future. And and that is a very big challenge. I think there is so much information out there. There are so many tools out there. Which tools do you choose to actually create the solution is very important. Because 15, 20 years ago, the problem was, maybe before the internet, the problem was there wasn't enough information. The people who were successful were the people who were able to find the information. I think the problem right now, the biggest challenge is curation. There's so much information that it's very difficult to curate the information and draw insights from it. And and I think that is one of the biggest challenges I have. There is a, the spectrum of tools available are huge. The spectrum of career choices are huge. The spectrum of activities that you can do is huge. Which one do you choose? Will that be relevant in the future? I think that is the biggest struggle which I have right now. Yeah. And... What do you see are some of the biggest opportunities that lies ahead that you can capitalize upon? 
I think the biggest opportunity is the correct and successful use of AI tools right now, which are currently at the bottom of that exponential cliff. If you consider an exponential growth, the first X is basically very flat and then it starts going up. And I think we are at the, we are at the bottom of that flatness. I think it's going to grow up. There are loads of opportunities over there. Different tools are offering different solutions. And I think embracing that to give the solution which society would require in the future is the biggest opportunity. But the, again, opportunities come with challenges. The challenges is trying to curate which tools should we use, which, yeah, how to actually democratize. Yeah. And, and what kind of a person or what kind of a leader do you need to be to capitalize on these um, opportunities or to deal with the challenges that like many times it's, it's not even, we don't even know what is ahead, especially with this fast change. I, I think as a leader, it's very important to understand, first to surround yourself with a very good team. I think that's the very important thing. There's a great book by, probably are aware of it, Jim Collins called Good to Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. The first thing is to, it says the first chapter is get the right people off the bus and the wrong people off the bus. First thing is surrounding yourself with a team which actually helps you to achieve whatever you want to achieve. That is very important. The second thing is if you, and I'm, I'm not just saying that by hiring the right people, but I'm saying just surrounding yourself, your friends, your family, you know, your acquaintances, the people who you work for, the people who you report to. I think all these people are very important. It's a person-centric thing. The second thing is basically understanding and learning from them. Because as I said, there is so much information out there. It's impossible for you to curate everything on your own. Even if you ask Chat GPT or Google Gemini, it, it, it will give you a view which you don't know is the correct view or not. So it's very important to understand and listen to the experts in their field uh, and then draw conclusions or draw insights from what they are saying and then applying that whatever probably you're trying. And what have you found uh, that are your like strengths, one or two unique strengths that allows you to function well in your role? I think I'm very comfortable with not knowing. Hmm. What I'm trying to say is I, I know where I have information or knowledge and I know where I don't have information or knowledge. And I'm very comfortable at being the dumbest person in a room. If I'm in a room and there are people who are, everyone around me is very much more smarter than I am, I'm very comfortable over there. And I don't know a lot, which means that I'm able to learn from the others around. That has really helped me because I'm able to, rather than go and blow your own trumpet. I know this podcast, that's why it's a little bit different because it's it's me blowing my own trumpet over here. But again, I'm very comfortable in not being the smartest person and trying to understand and learn from other entities. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So how have you built that capacity? I think that's very unique and very difficult emotionally, like for a lot of people to actually to say something or to ask a question which might be perceived as dumb or not smart. And you need a very solid grounding or very comfortable in your skin. How has, is it a recent thing? Have you it's taken years. It's taken mm-hmm. years. I wasn't like that. Ten years ago, me, I wasn't like that. I was very cocky. Yeah. I was very. I, I had to have the final say. I had to kind of be the smartest person, and yeah. everybody should look up to me. Look how great Eunice is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it's a learned behavior. I I have evolved into this based on my own experiences. My wife has played a big role in that. It's in telling me, in grounding me as such. I think even if I'm. 
even if I'm as successful as Elon Musk, I still won't be successful enough for my wife. And I think that's a very positive kind of, I mean that in a positive way, because she always keeps on pushing me ahead. It's a learned behavior. Yes, it's difficult. There's, again, um, there is a, there's a book called uh, Comfort Crisis. I can't remember the author right now, but it basically says that the entire world is now revolved around providing comfort. How can you be comfortable? How can you have those dopamine hits? But mm-hmm. that doesn't help you grow. You need to put yourself in uncomfortable situations in order to get that, uh, in order to grow. Such. Yeah. And how have you supported yourself as you have grown, right? So even dealing with challenges at work, I'm sure like, like life is not all rosy for you. You have to deal with your own set of challenges or, or mistakes. How have you supported, right? Because that grounding, that like com- being comfortable in your skin requires uh, some kind of support when things are not going your way or as good as you want them to be. So how have you find that support ongoingly so that you are now like, comfortable with the unknown? See, you can, the thing is, I, I did say that you need to build your, build, build around you mm. a group of individuals who you can trust, etc. But all that support and everything, I think you need to internalize. Because at some level, you, when you stopped relying on the outside for confirmation, for um, approval, that's when you actually realized, listen, I am enough. Like, mm. Whatever you are enough, you, everybody has been dealt with different sets of cards and based on the, the card that they are dealt with, they, they play the game. That's where they are in their life. I'm sure so many of you have been um, dealt with certain sets of cards where you are right now. And yeah, you may, you are much more successful than X percentage, but you're much less successful. Y percentage. And then finding that it is enough. Okay. I'm, I'm successful enough. I'm doing the best that I could. I think that is really important. And that support, that internalizing, that support is really important. It's not always rosy. There are times which are very dark in my life. No idea what I'm doing professionally, personally. Mm-hmm. Startup, I, before we would record, I said that my first proposition of my startup did not work. That doesn't mean I'm just going to stop my company. I'm just going to pivot and I'm just going to try to do something else. But you have to internalize that until you are in, until you internalize that you are enough and you are comfortable with it, with whatever is going on, you are not able to improve yourself. Yeah. And have there been uh, like some people that uh, have contributed to that internalization or that you reach out to when you are dealing with a difficult moment? My wife is one. Again, I'm mm-hmm. very lucky that my parents, of course, they've always supported in, They've always supported me. There was never a process. There was never any push that you should be this or you should be that. Again, it's not rosy. I've had my difficult relations with my parents. I've had my difficult relations, difficult periods with my parents, difficult periods with my wife. But all that has helped me grow. And, uh, but as I said, I think the, the final one is in yourself. You have to look in. You have to look inward. You have to look over the mirror, look inwards to see how you can internalize that support yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And what you mentioned, being comfortable with the unknown or being the dumbest in the room, does that come with uh, a dark side? Does that come with, with a challenge that sometimes, yeah, can you elaborate on that? Oh, yes. Because okay. although I'm right now here blowing more trumpet saying, yes, I'm comfortable in that. Mm. But yes, I'm still scared. When, when I'm meeting people who are more accomplished than I am in, in whatever fields they are in, there is, there is that level of, I'm not enough. 
or mm. oh my god look how much this person has achieved or how much more successful this person had sometimes we look at age as a very as a metric as a kpi like this person is 2 years younger than i am but yes he has got five houses i am you know two years older than he is or she is and i don't even have one house for example okay you in your mind you create these kpis which are absolutely useless because as i say depends on the cards that people are dealt and and it's a constant struggle and then sometimes you go down a downward spiral and trying to play the victim card and you instead yourself believe you are the bloody victim excuse mm-hmm. my language you are the victim but actually then you need the tools to come out of it but it all has to be by yourself unfortunately i know it's it sounds crazy because the moment you start relying on someone else 100% of the time is a problem because when that person changes and people change or that person has to leave for whatever reason then you cannot available so you need yeah. to utilize those yeah and what are those tools or practices that you utilize that you use in those moments when like you're dealing with fear you're dealing with insecurity so i think it comes there there is a lot of so there, there are three types of health which i one is or one is a physical health again i'm yeah. not the best shape but i try and exercise i try and tell the exact the second is mental health again i try to stay away from social media as much as possible again i'm not a saint i i do that mindless scrolling many times but again it's an active realization to all us it's it's, it's focus on my physical health focus on my mental health then again i'm a semi religious person and the third one is spiritual health and then some people get religion some people get it through meditation etc and they they're all of interlinked with each other mm-hmm. and what i found is that if i'm focusing on all these three elements which is my physical health my mental health and my spiritual health that i am able to be a better version of myself and then that radiates around me as well yeah and for either of these uh, three aspects is there something which you do on a regular basis like a daily practice or something which you lean on to when things get tough yeah. so when when i'm really really frustrated what really helps me is is ex- ex- intensive physical mm-hmm. something to do so either it's go going for like a run or going going for a swim or something like that 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 really calms me down or but basically being on myself being by myself not surrounded by people so when i'm really feeling that i like kind of go on go by myself my wife hates it that sometimes in like processing with something like i just want to be left alone for x hours but that really helps me then again trying to find the answers inside rather than trying to go outside but i think that makes me critical thing help but depending on what it is it could be the physical bit it could be the mental bit it could be the spiritual all three kind of these are tools which i use to help calm myself down whenever again i'm you know i'm i'm in the first 15 years of my career i have to achieve a lot i have to learn a lot i'm still at the bottom of that growth mm. with this linear exponential i don't know but nonetheless these things have helped me reach this point Yeah thank you for I think sharing about these three elements and also how you take time away right either spending time more physically because many times we need to use that physical energy to get some chemicals out which can be a result of overthinking or worrying or anything else uh, and then also how do you like find those answers inside rather than just you know distracting yourself with social media or on google or like or in any other distraction Uh, again sumit i'm i'm although i'm saying these things but there have been there are times where instead of going for a run i'll be hmm. scrolling instagram so i'm not saying that i'm a saint okay. but 
yeah, this is what I, what I have felt works the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also towards the end of our like, conversation, if since you said you're continuously learning, you're continuously growing, if you can have anybody as a dinner guest, mm. whom would you like that person to be and why? There's a person called David Goggins. Have you heard of him? Yes, I have heard of him. He's a guy who was dealt the worst hand ever in life. So he was, he came from an abusive household, no positive role model in his life. Absolutely, he was extremely obese when he was 24 and he just turned his uh, life around. He became an ultra marathon runner. He became a Navy SEAL. He became an army ranger. He's 40s. 849 years old right now I, I think something like that but yeah I would have him as a dinner guest and I've, I've listened he's, he's done very few podcasts I've listened to a couple of them and I've read both his books but he basically says that there is the character of the stick he basically yes, says it's the stick once you embrace the stick forget about the character that's when you can achieve whatever you want to achieve yeah I would have loved him as a dinner guest yeah and what would you ask him what would the conversation revolve around I would ask him, what does his internal uh, dialogue look like? And things are not going his way or he needs to, like, you don't want to go for a run or you don't want to do mm. something, you don't want to do a task, anything like that. What does that internal dialogue I think I, w- I would really ask. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a very meaningful question to ask somebody. Wonderful, Eunice. So as we end this and before we end this, what is the best way for somebody who might be listening to reach out to you to find out about what you're up to or even to have a conversation with you? I think LinkedIn right now I'm using quite heavily. I have I am available on the other uh, social media handles as well, but I don't tend to use that a lot. LinkedIn, I think my name is unique enough. Find me. More than happy for anybody to connect with me, especially students. If they are, if there's anything which I can help them with, I, I do mentor students across the globe, actually. Currently, I'm mentoring around six students. So again, I'm more than happy for anybody to reach me. LinkedIn is the best, best method. Medium. Thank you. Thank you, Yunus, for everything that you shared today. And as we end, I would like to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead for you. You're most welcome. Thank you so much, Louis, for having Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction, not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. 
and i want to thank you for listening always remember that you are enough you are loved and you matter this is sumit until next time keep choosing leadership